If you bruise them, you lose them. Welcome to the Aesthetics Mastery Show. I'm Dr. Tim Pierce. Hi, I'm Randy Pierce. And today we are talking about bruising. I don't know if any of you guys noticed over the summer and the heat wave, especially in the UK, a lot of pictures of bruises coming up on forums and on WhatsApp groups looking for help. So we thought we'd do a show on bruising and how you can reduce the risk of this for your patients. Fab. So where's a good place to start? Well, why do bruises matter? That's that's the important thing because there are, are practitioners out there who think bruises are essentially just par for the course. If you want to be injected, you're going to get a bruise. But there's a great saying, which I got from Arthur Swift, which is if you bruise them, you lose them. We need to minimize bruising in order to build practices, build trust and make our patients happy. So I would try and aim for a zero tolerance of bruising while still accepting that you're never going to get it to zero. Let's ask ourselves, how can we minimize this problem, take it down to as low as we can while still getting great aesthetic results? Because obviously, you could minimize it to zero by not doing any procedures, but then you don't get the result. So it's back down to that risk reward ratio and how we can adjust it in favor for our patients. So what are some basic steps that we can do to prevent in the first place? Um, well, it, I think it all starts with understanding what a bruise is and knowing that your patients don't understand what a bruise is. Many patients just simply think a bruise is an injury. And if you bruise them, you've injured them. That's as simple as it is. And I learned this um, by explaining to patients exactly what a bruise is, that many of them had never actually thought about it. A bruise is caused by the needle going through a blood vessel that you can't see and blood leaking out of that blood vessel for a period of time and depositing that blood underneath the skin, which is what a bruise is. Many patients at that moment, when you explain it, you will see this look of understanding of like, oh, right, I never really thought of it that way. And why would they? If, they're not, if you're not medical, you don't need to think about the principles behind what a bruise is. You just think, when I bash my knee, knee I get a bruise. When I got injected, I got a bruise, it's an injury. And actually, it's much more interesting and complex than that. And when they understand that, they'll be more forgiving of the bruises that are part of the course. So what affects the size of a bruise? So the size of the bruise and the frequency of bruising is affected by lots of different factors. It's really important to break them down because once you understand the factors, you get to try and exert some control over each factor. So, for example... Talking about the hot weather as we started, which would be a problem for many practitioners, doesn't know where, they, where you're on the world, you're probably going to have, have days where it's hotter than other days. That's going to increase the amount of blood flow in the skin because your skin is an organ that keeps the body cool. So one of the things that happens in hot days is you dilate veins and you, there's more blood flow literally going through the skin. So there's more blood to leak out. There are more dilated vessels to be punctured by. Uh, by your needle and you're more likely to get bruising. So that might just be one factor, which is the temperature. What can you do to control the temperature? There are things you can do as soon as you know that's a factor. Um, what other factors are there? The amount of blood flow going through the skin is also affected by cardiac output. So if you're, if your patient is nervous, you might get, their heart might be pumping faster. You might get more bruising. Um, the type of medication that they're on might affect the rate of clotting. So rate of clotting is another thing we can have some control over or at least respond to a delayed rate of, rate of clotting. For example, if you're treating someone who you know is taking aspirin and you see a little bleed when you pull the needle out, hold it and hold it for longer than you would for your other patients and that will decrease the amount of bruising. So this is the systematic way that you can go through the factors that cause bruising and adjust for it. Size of the hole caused by the instrument that you puncture. So the size of the vessel will depend, will affect how much blood flow through the leaking hole. So you might, that all comes down to your anatomy and looking for visible veins. Um, you could also change the size of the needle that you're using, um, inject more, more gently if you're using a cannula, because all of these things might affect the size of the hole made with the instrument 
when you're injecting. The number of holes, this is a really easy way to reduce bruising and there are many techniques, I see lots of techniques on Instagram, which are, it's almost like they're maximizing the effect, the number of bruises you could have by going through the lip as many times as possible. So we should always be asking ourselves, can we deposit that filler in the same place with fewer penetrations? Because the number of times you go into the, into the skin with a needle, just doesn't matter how good your technique is, that is going to correlate with the amount of bruising that you get. So simply having an injection technique that reduces the number of penetrations will reduce your, the amount of bruising that you've got. And that's going to be good for your practice. So what are you doing at the treatment planning stage to reduce your bruising? So at the treatment planning stage, you're thinking around your, firstly, you've got to try and relate what you're trying, the effect you're trying to create, your aesthetic difference has to be part of it. So you've got this goal, it could be to enhance a jawline or to improve projection of lips. The next question is, what is the anatomy? So where is, where are the blood vessels? If you puncture an artery, you're going to get a much bigger hematoma than puncturing a small vein. So we know where most arteries are, broadly speaking. So how are you going to change your technique to reduce the risk of puncturing an artery? So you're, you're trying to plan according to what you understand about the anatomy to reduce the, the statistical risk of bruising. I mean, you still might get a bruise because there are blood vessels and little capillaries that bleed, but you're trying to think, what can I do that will minimize the chance of hitting one of these bigger blood vessels? That's the key thing. The next one would be, as I've just said, is about, is there a way you can do this procedure with the minimal number of injections rather than maximizing it? Because there are often ways you can get the same product in the same place without going through the skin seven times. Like you can do it probably twice instead of seven times and that's going to dramatically affect your bruising risk does cannula use re reduce yeah that's another good point your instrument that you choose is also part of treatment planning and you might choose particularly this is quite often one of the main reasons we like cannula is that it reduces the amount of bruising so if there's an area where you can put it, the product in an effective place using a cannula instead of a needle with far fewer penetrations because you're only making one hole for the pilot hole you're going to reduce bruising so choosing the right product that you can use with the cannula and place in the right place is going to decrease bruising. And you do all of this before you touch the patient. You're planning how to do this with minimal risk. Does your style and technique affect bruising? Absolutely. I think it's, it's really important to think about style, technique, and the situation that you're in. Now, I know many injectors, when you first start out, you're obviously not always working in a big, shiny clinic. You might have to work um, I was speaking to an injector recently has to work mainly from one side of the bed. I was trying to say that's really important that you move away from that because that's going to affect your control. So have a think about the layout. You will get more bruising in a room where you have less control. So make sure you can stand with both feet squarely planted on the floor. You really want to get to the point where you're stabilized, where everything is stabilized except for literally your thumb and your forefinger. So I always say to, to particularly new people when we're training them is, feet on the, uh, square on, on the floor, pelvis rested up against the bed. You want to maybe rest one arm on the shoulder of the bed, maybe one arm on the uh, one, uh, your other arm can be pulled in and pulled to your side. You maybe want to stabilize your hand against the patient's face. And then really the only bit that you're left to control is your fingers because everything else is locked to something solid. And that will give you the ability to control mill with millimeter perfection. Whenever you see a clinician injecting and the only thing that is touching the patient is the needle tip, you've got a clinician out of control because they, their whole body is, a, is, sub, is vulnerable to movement. They can knock their precise control they're trying to do with their hands out of kilter. And a millimeter too high, a, little, a couple of millimeters too deep, a little bit too much of a, of a deep uh, penetration. And all those things are going to be a, a big risk for bruising, especially when you multiply it out over 30 or 40 injections that you might be doing that day. You've got a massively increased risk of just going where you didn't mean to if you haven't stabilized yourself properly. 
Um, but of course, the most important important factor is what's going on in your mind. What's the resolution of your anatomy and how careful are you with placing that needle? That's going to make a really big difference. Is there any way that we can improve our anatomy skills so that we have a better resolution? Yes, I think you can improve them by um, looking at an anatomical pictures and trying to overlay that in your mind's eye when you're injecting. So, and trying to really zoom in on the detail. Now, I know this from teaching and creating images, which I've created many images myself in graphic design software. When you actually have to place the artery there yourself, you have to think a lot more carefully. Like, how does this associate with the insertion of the muscle? How does it associate with the depth of the muscle, the depth of the skin, with the volume of the lip, for example? It doesn't matter where you're injecting. It's, the, it's that kind of awareness of the detail, which is very hard to do by glancing at a picture. You need to really study it and then take that information. And when you're injecting, it's, the, it's always the last thing I think about before I inject is what's the anatomy. So I've planned around the anatomy. And then the last thing I'm injecting is in my mind's eye, exactly where is this product going and how does that relate to what I don't want to happen? Those are the complications. And you will automatically improve your injection technique simply by thinking that way, because you're automatically navigating around what the anatomy is. And then of course, it's an endless process improving your anatomy and adding more layers to it. But it's that process of laying the anatomy over what you're injecting that really makes you a good injector. So tell me about the patient. Is there anything, I've, like I've heard people say that, you know, time of the month impacts whether or not they'll bruise or have they been drinking? What, what kind of things can they do to, to reduce the risk? Yeah, the time of the month thing is interesting. I think the time of the month does affect the blood flow through the skin. And you can, it's actually, it's a secondary sexual characteristic and a signal of fertility, actually, that your lips flush at, when you're more fertile. So actually, females do look different. Um, and that cor that could correlate, but it's not that I don't think being on your period necessarily makes it worse. Right. And I know when I did obs and gynae, there was a lot of discussion around that and that someone has researched it and they couldn't find any difference in bleeding risk. But bleeding risk is different to the proportion of blood that's in your skin. And I do think that probably changes over time. Um, so, but we're not going to filter our patients yeah. out according to that. And you're never going to pin it down to the date. So it's kind of academic. I think a lot of people. It's a good thing to say if you don't want to take full responsibility for the bruising, but let's let's try and take control of what we can uh, instead of saying it's that particular reason. More often than not, it's just where the needle went that caused the bruise. It's not necessarily anything else. Um, but patient selection is important. So you do want to be filtering out any risks that your patient has and making adjustments for them. So it's not a complete contraindication to treat someone on who's taking aspirin or who's taking uh, warfarin, you, but you should make some adjustments for the risk and do something with your treatment plan that reduces that risk. And likewise, their behavior could also change it. So if you, I have had a patient who trains to do marathons who did a very long run after having tear troughs treated and came back with two black eyes. So this was the next day. Mm. And uh, that cardiac output through the area that was only partially clotted, it obviously re-triggered some bleeding, which then didn't stop the whole run. So it is important to, for your patient to take it easy, particularly after bigger or more sensitive procedures so that they don't re-trigger bruising. So that might be one thing, avoiding exercise, avoiding heat, similar reason, because you're going to dilate blood vessels, you're going to increase cardiac output through to that area, and that might start bruising. Um, maybe touching the area can be a reason. Some people massage a bit too soon. If you've got a bruise and you keep massaging it, you may actually be keeping the, the blood flow coming through and stopping the clot from developing. So these are all things that we can advise our patients to do that will decrease the amount of bruising. And last night we did our um, Tim Ander Facebook Live on the Mindset Warrior group. And I asked you, what do you say to patients when the worst happens and you see that stinker bruise coming up? And you had a great answer. What would you say at that moment where you know it's going on and they're still? 
Well, I think what brought us to that conversation is that clinicians often feel really bad in this situation. And that's the first thing to realize. Bruises, although we do have some control, we don't have the ability to have zero bruises. You will, no matter what, get bruises if you're injecting someone's face. So the dynamic that's important is, I think, to acknowledge that it's unlucky and that it's a bad thing for the patient while not saying that it's your fault because it, it isn't your fault. You, it's, it's, entail, it's inherent within what the procedures that we do that you're going to get bruising. So it's to... It's to acknowledge that you feel bad for the patient is fine. I'm sorry that you've had a bruise. That's really unlucky because, you know, mostly I don't get bruises like this. Um, and it's, I'm really sad that it's happened to you because I like you. You know, it's that kind of thing I might say to a patient. I, and I don't want bruises to happen to any of my patients. It's easy to say that. Patients don't want this. They don't want, that you, they don't want to think that you've done something wrong and caused a bruise. Even if you feel that way, like it's not good for them to think, oh, this should never have happened. Mm. It creates frustration and, and, and unhappiness where actually that's not the case. Any, any injection, unless you've literally fallen and then that's different. But if it's a normal procedure where you're doing everything that you can and they get a big bruise, you can apologize for the bruise, but make sure they understand that it's, it's it, what a bruise is and make sure they understand that this is part, this is one of the out, outcomes that we all expect. And that it's okay to say that, I'm sorry, you've been unlucky on that spectrum, but don't make it sound like you've done something wrong because you haven't. Yeah. And and don't go on and say sorry and sorry and sorry, because it just makes them feel uncertain, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And give them the solution. Give them the time course. It really matters to people know what's going to happen next. So a small bruise, probably going to go in about 10 days. Uh, large, The largest bruise I've ever had, I think it was about five weeks before it was completely gone. Um, so you can give them that spectrum. If it's a small bruise and they're young, their body's going to get rid of that very quickly. If it's a large bruise and they're older, but particularly if they have pale skin, you might see residue of that bruise for six weeks at the longest. And would you recommend any Arnica cream? Um, well, there's no there's no scientific evidence that arnica works, but I don't like to ruin the placebo for my patients. So if they like, if they offer and say I'm going to use arnica, I won't I won't stop them because the placebo effect does work. I don't want to be recommending things that I can't back up, um, but it's not going to do any harm. And uh, and if if people believe that it works, they should use it. If you'd like a download that breaks down everything we've spoken about in this show and gives you the key components that you can control to reduce bruising, it's in the show notes. Just click on that and you can download that. And we'll also put a link to Miranda's Mindset page. Do you want to say something about that? Just it's a Facebook, a closed Facebook group where we discuss, where we get motivated and discuss anxiety and self-doubt and all that juicy stuff. So yeah, head over to that group. And if you like this video, please do drop us a like and a comment with your, with your biggest takeaway. We'd love to see see those comments and don't forget to subscribe and hit that bell if you want to be notified every week when we upload. Thank you very much for watching. See you next time. Take care.